0: It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey.
1: Hey, good morning. Great to see you this morning. Let me start with a question. Have you ever experienced a situation where everything was going just fine and something happened and your joy level plummeted instantly. I'm talking like free fall. Anyone? You know, driving along, yeah, listen to your favourite playlist, not a care in the world, maybe even singing along, but it's just you and you can't sing, but who cares? No noise pollution when you're driving on your own and then somebody cuts you off in traffic. And all that joy disappeared like a Snapchat message. Maybe you're in the grocery store. You've gone through the list. You've got everything. Everything was in stock. There was a few things on special that caught you pleasantly surprised. You even threw in a couple of bonus items, you know, like, and then you're done, you're done. You just and, you're, and you turn the corner to head to the checkouts and it is just lines like people like lined up and you're like you you in that moment you find yourself losing your religion. Anybody been there? Anybody? Yeah, you've been there. Of course we've been there. But here's the challenge. See, it's actually easier, let's be honest. It's easier to experience joy when everything's going as planned. When things are turning out as expected. The big challenge when it comes to us living with joy is what happens to our joy when our circumstances go south. That's when the real test happens. And so we've been teaching this series called Chasing Happy over the last three weeks. Today's the fourth and final week. Looking at a letter that a guy named Paul, one of the leaders in the early church, wrote to a church in a place called Philippi. And he wrote them this letter, uh, and it's kind of called the Letter of Joy. That's like a nickname, the Letter of Joy. Uh, and he he highlighted some spiritual practices that we can actually inculcate into our everyday lives. That if and when we do, we ought to experience our joy level rising. Little by little. Week one, we talked about acknowledging that God is the source of joy. So, right at the beginning, if you want more joy, go regularly to the source. Want water? Go to the tap. Want more joy? Go to God. Then Paul talks about fix your thoughts on what's good and what's true and what's pure. Fix your thoughts, be intentional. When you find your thoughts drifting away from what's good and true and pure, bring them back. In the morning, pop open your Bible plan, start getting into what God has to say, fix your thoughts on that and you'll be less likely to drift during the day with your thoughts. Last week, we talked about this idea that Paul unraveled the secret of contentment. He says, I've learned the secret of contentment, meaning there was a time I didn't know it, but I know it now. And I want you to know it, the secret of contentment. And here's a little spoiler, if you missed last week, it wasn't a circumstantial secret, it's a spiritual secret. So you wanna know what that is? Great, head to our podcast, listen up. You can get any of the first three weeks of the messages from this series and just... Allow yourself and start to develop these practices in your everyday life and just see God just nudging. It's not gonna be hockey stick growth, but nudging, nudging, nudging your joy levels day, week, month at a time. And so today I wanna land our series and I'm actually gonna land it focusing on the actual thing that Paul landed his letter focusing on and it's generosity. Now, I asked our team this morning, I'm not gonna ask you to put your hand up, but just catch yourself right at this moment. When I said we're gonna focus on generosity, I wonder how many of you, your thoughts immediately went to money. Like, oh dear, I should not have turned up this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And let me say right off the bat, Generosity absolutely includes money, and we've all got our big boy and big girl pants on here, so I'm going to talk a bit about money this morning. But to distill the idea of generosity down to a one dimensional expression only relating to money would be to cheapen the concept of generosity and actually miss out on, on, on all of the power and the joy that can come when we learn to live generously. You know, generosity includes smiling more. Like it costs you nothing, but it's a gift to somebody else, right? JMac, mac the, 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 the team member formerly known as JMac, I said to her just during the week, we had our all-in uh, prayer night here, and it's something that I had noticed in her. I'm like, J-Mac, you, you've, you've got this new, fresh, lightness of spirit. It's just like coming out. You can't dodge it. And she's like, yeah, I know. I've been working on it. Like, she's like, of course I have. I literally have intentionally, and she went through the list of things she's been doing, and it's coming out naturally. as a a lightness of spirit, as more joy. And look, I'm super attentive. So there's no point for me noticing it. But some of you, you're a bit tick. You'll notice it now. But understand that it didn't just drop out of the sky. That And so smiling and having a lightness of spirit is actually an act of generosity. And you know what happens, by the way? You're drawn to people that smile and you're repelled by people that are lemon suckers, right? You are, I am. I don't wanna be, I'm not compelled to, to, to gravitate to lemon suckers. I'm like, suck your lemon somewhere else. I'm going to the smiley one over here. If you wanna increase your influence in your sphere and ultimately see God do stuff through you, not just in you, smile more. It's free, but it's a gift to someone else. That's an act of generosity. Words are an act of generosity. both how you speak to people and how you speak about people. And by the way, those two things should sync up. There should only be one version of you, how you speak about people. We've got Tim and Ange here. First time that Louis and I spent some quality time with them was a, uh, a barbecue up in in the hillbilly territory. I'm allowed to go there because I went to school there. Whilst I don't live there, they don't let me stay there, but I can visit. So I visited, and uh, brought my passport, all that good stuff. They let me in, wore a flanny because that's what you do, and we had dinner with them and, and the bean bags. And afterwards, because you know, I'd said to to Andrew and his. Uh, Wife Nikki, who's the brother of Tim, I said, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Anyway, uh, related. Um, I said, "Hey, we got to spend some time with Tim and Edge the other the other night," and uh, and and she's like, "Oh, god, well, that's crazy!" I said, "Yeah, I have a real problem with them. Like, I came away from that dinner, real problem. Tim and Edge, real problem. And Nikki, the sister, she's like rearing up. Like, I know she was going to come out swinging if I." And I said, they are just too nice. <laughs> they made me feel like a total creep bag by comparison. And then Nikki looked at me like, and she says, that's not, that's, that is not what I was expecting you were setting yourself up to say. And I'm like, what do you expect? Anyway, that's a fun story. The way you speak to people and the way you speak about people, how you speak in life, that's an act of generosity. This idea that people come away having had a conversation with you, come away better, come away more uplifted, that you've actually breathed oxygen into their souls. That's generosity. Sending someone a text because you you were thinking about them, because you saw them doing something great and you send them a text. Oh yeah, but you send texts to everyone. Yeah, okay, sure. And you're one of everyone. But like, I said this morning, parents, when you check junior out, there's orange shirt people walking around. They're our Elevate Kids team members. Thank them. They don't gotta be there. And they're there and you're here. That's generosity. Make it a part of our lifestyle. Those are things, not limited to money. Time matters, using the gifts God's entrusted to us, using them, not like cheapening them, oh, I don't think, matters, and yes, includes money. So here's what I'm gonna focus on today. And I'm gonna borrow this from decades of preachers taking these exact same concepts, making them memorable. I wanna talk about time, talents, and treasure. That's money, not doubloons. I'm not gonna go all pirate on us here. Treasure, And and the reason it's important to slice and dice these two, by the way, is because you can be strong in one or two of these areas and and have a ton of room for improvement in one or two of the other areas. And so there's a, a tide that can rise in your and my, my life by nudging any one or two or all three of these areas when it comes to generosity. And just a simple big idea today, if you want more joy in your life, be more generous. So if you've got your smartphone camera, how about you scan this flow code? It's gonna take us to this letter that that I've been talking about, that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. We're gonna hit it from the New Living Translation chapter 4, I'm going to land this today. While you're doing that, let me just catch you up if you if you uh, haven't been here for a while or if just got a short memory. Paul wrote this letter, the letter of joy while he was under arrest in Rome. And one of the weird things is we don't know much about Paul's arrest situation. We don't know whether it was a prison or a house arrest. The reason we don't know much about it is Paul barely mentions It, it instead of feeling sorry for himself and talking about the injustice and complaining, oh, you think Paris and Tokyo have got bad bedbugs right now. You should come to this place in Rome that they've got me locked up in. It's about bedbugs. Um, he barely mentions it, barely mentions it. In fact, he spends almost all his time talking about Jesus, talking about joy. Writing words of encouragement to the church, he he almost completely skipped over the fact that he was under arrest. Now, last week we finished with one of the most posterized version or verses in the Bible. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. This is the one that Tim Tebow used to have on his black eye shadow playing NFL. This is the ones that you'll see uh, with the cardboard sign behind the goals. Philippians 4.13, you're supposed to know what that means. You know, lunch 11.45, Philippians 4.13, they look the same, I do not get it. It's, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Which in and of itself, when you read it by itself, is not true. You can't do all things. You can't play basketball like Michael Jordan, even today. He's 60, you still can't beat Him one-on-one. Let's face it, it's not gonna happen. You can figure out the context there. But then there's this equally posterized verse. And I don't mean posterized from the Philippians letter. I'm talking about the whole entire Bible. This is one of the most posterized versions. And this same God who takes care of me while I'm in prison will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. (sighs) amazing, my God. And And so we declare this over our lives. My God will supply all of my needs according to His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Maybe you started praying over someone else and I'm praying that my God, that your God, that our God will supply all of your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But here's the problem. This isn't a prayer. Paul wasn't praying this. Do you see the word prayer anywhere? And I pray that this same God, nope. And I hope that, that, nope. He's still with me? Intrigued? Sounds controversial. I hope this guy went to Bible college. Well, I went, so I paid attention. Here's a spoiler. This wasn't a prayer. Paul was merely unpacking a principle that God set in motion from the beginning of creation. The principle is referred to as the principle of sowing and reaping. I'm going to come back to that. But let me let me start by busting one myth. This principle of sowing and reaping—it's actually been misappropriated in our current culture as karma. Send good things into the universe, whoosh, and good things will come back to you from the universe. Uh, no. Uh, I don't follow an impersonal God who created an impersonal universe. I put my faith in a personal God who intentionally created the heavens and the earth and He is interested in my every day. And He's given me access to this principle called the principle of sowing and reaping, that He will actually act in response to something that I initiate in my own life, okay? Okay. So it's actually an agricultural term. And for those of you who have yet to discover the joys of urban farming, or you didn't grow up in Mukumbudin, if that's you, let me just just explain what sowing and reaping is, okay? You ready for this? I know it's there, right? The principle of sowing and reaping means you reap what you sow. I know, it's incredible. Wow. Who knew? Mystery solved. But as much as this is obvious, this is the point. It is obvious. You know this, even if you don't urban farm, you know this because you go, "Uh, sure. If you... Plant tomato seeds. You don't get spinach. You get tomatoes. Right, Tim? Good. Tim, you're too nice. You get tomatoes. Now, a couple of things about this principle of sowing and reaping. First of all, it works, it, it works, it's it's universal. It works positively, but also understand it works negatively. If you are constantly sowing bitterness, you will reap bitterness. If you're constantly sowing unforgiveness, you'll reap unforgiveness because this is the principle of sowing and reaping. It cuts both ways. Thankfully, it works in the positive. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. The other thing is quantity matters. Like it actually has a part to play in this quantity matters. If you sow no tomato seeds, take it from me. Don't bother walking out to your backyard every morning looking for the tomato plants. Ah, stupid tomato plants. It's summer. There should be lots of tomato plants. I could be coming out every morning, not a single tomato plant. You go, did you sow any seeds? Wait, what? right? Then sow five tomato seeds, probably you're going to get four tomato plants. Let's assume death rate of 20%. If you sow 20 tomato seeds, you can expect probably something like 16, 17 tomato plants to come up. This is the principle of sowing and reaping. What you sow, how much you sow matters. In fact, this principle is so watertight that you'll even stumble across it being referred to as the law of sowing and reaping. Now, because I know some of you have problems with the law, a couple of you allegedly are on the run from the law, we're not going to call let's back it up there, Gavin. We're not going to call this the law of sowing and reaping. So you'd be like, oh my God, the police are coming for me any minute. We'll just call it the principle of sowing and reaping. But that's the point. It's so watertight that it's even sometimes Refer to the Lord. Now I said earlier that Paul wrote this idea that my God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches which are given to us in Christ Jesus. Wasn't even a prayer. And here's why. It wasn't a prayer. It was him saying, You to the church, you will reap because I actually know what you sowed. There's something upstream, because I know upstream you did this. I'm just telling you, this is what's gonna happen. Because it's a principle, it's gonna happen. I'm not praying about it, cause I don't have to. This is upstream. This is how it played out for the Philippians. Back to verse 15, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. There you go, people. It's in the Bible. Paul's throwing every single other church under the bus. And we 2,000 years later have it in writing. So first of all, let's not be those churches. Let's be that Philippite church that when anybody talks about us, writes to us, they say, you, you, you people, Elevate Church, we, you're known for your generosity, well played. Hey, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help more than once. Now, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. This word reward that Paul used in this context is actually a business word. It's it's the exact same word that you would talk to an investor when you talk about the forecast ROI, the return on that investment. He's actually saying that, that, that I want you to receive a great return on the kindness that you showed to me. And he was so confident about this because he knew the sort of God he served, that we serve a God who loves to give good things to his children. And when we're upstream sowing, God's like, you're the person that I will absolutely give back to in the form of reaping. And this isn't new to Paul. In fact, Jesus highlighted this. Jesus highlighted it and actually put out a cheat code. How you can kind of hack the principle. Interested? Check this out. So remember, Jesus is also in this context speaking to people who live in an agricultural society. And he said to them, give and you will receive. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. Not maybe, not potentially, just give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Church veterans, how many of you have heard this one before? Press down, shaken together, running over, Right? How many of you have any clue what that means? All right, good. I was expecting zero, but oh yeah, great. Okay, all right, I can take that. Well, for the rest of you, uneducated misfits, let me catch you up. Again, this is an agricultural society. So Jesus is talking to this crowd and he talks about this idea, give and you receive, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The idea there is in this agricultural society where the main crop would have been something like wheat or barley or those types of grains, they didn't have John Deere combine harvesters to pick it all up. Physically grab a basket, walk into the field, pick the harvest, put it in the basket, bring it back to the weigh station or the owner or the foreman. They would weigh it and they would pay you for what you brought in proportionally, right? So the amount... You give, there you go, boss, will determine the amount you get back. No mystery, right? Jesus is highlighting that actually, there's two, broadly speaking, two groups of people that the reputation and and the people in the time would have known this. There's two groups of people, two types of harvesters. I'm talking people, two types the first one would get the basket and they would put in the grains and, you know, lots of air pockets, lots of stalks, the light stuff, lots of chaff, and and it would get sort of full-ish and they'd be like, all right, yeah, close enough, good enough, full enough, grab that, waddle on over, take it to the foreman, put it on the weigh station and they would get paid, determined by the weight of what they harvested. That's it. On the surface, looks like the basket's full. Good job, here you go. Jesus highlights that there's another type of harvester, person, not John Deere, that they would get their basket and they knew this principle. They knew that the amount that they would get was determined by the amount that they gave. So they would get their basket and they'd put the grain in and they would press it down they would put more grain in and they'd start shaking it together. You know, when you're shaking it together, it's air pockets getting out. To make room for more because they understood that the more that I can get into this basket, that, that, that translates the more I can actually give at the weigh station and ultimately determines the amount you get back. Not a mystery. When you're this guy, guess what? You don't even have to pray about it. Just keep pressing it down. Keep shaking it out. Keep putting more in. And then when you go to give it, you're giving more. It's a principle, yeah. not a prayer.
0: <clears throat>
1: oh, and sorry, I've, I've just left my Captain Obvious hat on. You know, the first approach is easier. So no wonder some people take that approach. The basket's lighter. You can knock off the smoko quicker. You can head to the pub for beers sooner. You you can. No one's even saying that the person's getting criticised, just saying, no problem, but, but here's all you're gonna get back. Based on the choices and the decisions you made to take some shortcuts, to take the easy road, not to sacrifice, not to ever put yourself out in, 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 the, in the faith zone, just to say, all right, good enough, close enough, full enough, there you go. Acknowledging that the second approach actually requires more work, more time, more sacrifice, and yet that is when you will reap. More, we will reap more, if you take that approach. Now, again, we can be here going, sounds like he's talking about money again. Well, okay, sure, you got paid in money, so of course we are. In that instance. But you know sometimes you will reap things that money actually can't buy? In fact, living generously will give us access to things that a lot of people in our culture are on an endless quest for and yet are struggling to find it. Things like joy, things like peace, Things like love, reaping things money can't buy. Now, Louie and I, we're, I think, pretty generous with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure. And actually, we reap time. We reap people serving us in our lives. and I mean, like this guy, but just like people willing to actually be generous back towards us with their time and, and serve it great. Um, and... Treasure, you know, like, uh, financially, we're okay. Uh, but it's not a, it's not a mystery. Um, but actually, the stuff that I find myself getting spun up about in a good way is the stuff that money can't buy. First of all, there's actually an inherent joy and an inherent freedom in living with your hands and your heart open like if you think that that if you if you just I've got to hold on to it I've got to get more of it I've got to keep it close to my chest that is exhausting like exhausting you see everyone else as a threat you see other people as competition you're like I'm not letting go There's a freedom in just opening up your heart and your hands and just saying, I'm trusting that my God will supply all of my needs according to His glorious riches, which are made available to us in Christ Jesus. There's a joy. There's a freedom. There's a joy that you only get for that. And in fact, here's one of the big distinctions is is it requires living with an abundance mentality, not a scarcity mentality. See, you you only hold on to everything if you fear running out. When you know something about God, when you discover that you you won't run out because God won't run out, when you understand that your God will supply all of your needs according to His glorious riches, which will not run out, you can live with your hands open. An abundance mentality, not a scarcity mentality. A faith mentality, not a fear mentality. My God will supply all of my needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. In fact, I'm on record as being that guy for saying what I'm about to say. So I'm about to be that guy again. Every now and then I'll have someone say to me, oh yeah, you know, I've got to, I've got to pro- provide for my family. And I go into that guy mode by, by, by saying this back to them. Sounds like a lot of pressure. Well, yeah, I've got to provide for my family. Sounds stressful. You sure you want that sort of pressure and stress and responsibility? What do you mean? Well, you know, you can actually trust that God's going to provide for your family. Now, I'm not talking about quitting your job. Talking about going to work and only doing a half baked job, I'm saying God, He can use your job to provide, He can provide through your employer, He can provide through your business, He can provide through the things that you do. So, work hard, bring God glory in your workplace, and He will provide. But (laughs) look, your employer. It might be their name on the bank transfer. 20 years ago, I would have said the check. But when you understand that it's God that's the source, it changes everything. You can start living with a peace. I know that if I go to work or in my business and work hard and work smart and develop and grow my skills and my capacity and add value to the workplace, I know that's sewing. That's my sowing, but I'm not having to lose any sleep over the reaping, because my God will supply all of my needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And then when it comes to giving money, the joy that you can experience when you start giving money and you, start to, and you see a marriage restored, when we see that happen through God working here at Elevate Church our joy goes through the roof. We say we were able to play a part in making that happen. When we see someone's anxiety and depression lifting, and we know that our giving was a part in God using us and Elevate Church to make that happen, our joy goes up. Our story is now connected to that. When we see people getting baptised, we're not golf clapping them. We're saying awesome. And we're saying, man, we... We're a part of making that a reality. There's a joy associated with generosity. When we see leadership capacity growing, people being healed and the list goes on and on and on, we experience great joy. Go around, man, did you see that? Did you hear that? Boy, I I got this story. The good stories, good gossip. Joy can go up because you know that you played a part, the reaping that you're seeing was made partly possible by your sewing. All right, so I'm gonna land this real quickly and real practically. We're talking about time, talents and treasure. Sometimes those time and talents thing go hand in hand. Uh, If you're not yet part of an Elevate team, then I strongly encourage you, that's the time and talents piece, is to join a team. And, And one of the ways that some people hold back is they've talked, they've got the narrative of I don't have much to offer. And I'm like, it's kind of a slap in the face to God who's actually put some stuff in you. You just bring what you've got. And trust that God's going to use that and grow that. So on a very practical level, if you're not yet part of an Elevate team. By the way, the other thing you can do here at Elevate is, that, well, there's, no, there's obviously no uh, situations vacant because everything's being done. And I can tell you right now, everything is being done because we've got some phenomenal team members who consistently show up, do heavy lifting and punch way above their weight you jump in the mix and you will add value, grow our capacity and we can be used more by God to reach people and build people. So please do not crop yourself out for any reason. Whatever reason you're using to crop yourself out isn't good enough. Yes, I said it. And then I'm going to talk about money as the final thing. As I said it's generosity is not just money though it includes money. And I'm going to Put up three groups of people. And guess what? I'm so smart that everybody is in one of these three groups. Everyone. Every one of us. Some of you, you've never given. And look, we don't know who you are. We don't send invoices. um, Send the board around to knock on your door at 3am. Where's your money? We don't charge admission at the door. Imagine if we did. Wouldn't that be bonkers? Uh, sorry, didn't bring any money. Yeah, we know. Now we don't know. If you're never given, take a first step. There's no judgment, but take a first step. Trust God with something. And I can point out, and I'm not going to, but I could point out people sitting next to you or in the same row as you right now who have taken a first step and some of them did it terrified and did it. And I wish I could point them out because I also know where they're up to now in their faith journey, how much peace and joy that they're experiencing that they've only experienced when they took this terrified first step. Um, then maybe some of you used to give. Maybe you're from a church, you used to give to that church, you're now part of Elevate Church, but you haven't resumed the, the practice. Uh, just take a step back in. Um, and then maybe you're a consistent giver, maybe maybe press it down a bit more, shake it together a bit more and just see if you're ready and God wants you to take a next step. So I'm gonna pray. Um, and uh, yeah, next week we're teaching something else. I have absolutely no idea what, but I got seven days to figure it out. Well, five, four, because we, doesn't matter. Let me pray, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to pray for, and that is that I, I, I said it earlier, I want us, if Paul was to write a letter to us, that he would commend us the same way he commended the church in Philippi for their repeated acts of generosity. It's just, it's not what we do, it's who, it's who we are. So God, I thank you that you continue to stir us, you continue to stretch us, and you continue to prove yourself faithful. That we don't need to be people who spin stuff up and put up the the the, the, the sign behind the the goalposts and I don't have to be preaching with the Tim Tebow black marks under my eye, that this is a principle that is true and that God that My prayer is that we will trust you, that as upstream we sow, that we can trust increasingly that it's you who will provide all our needs according to your glorious riches, which are made possible by Christ Jesus. Amen.
0: We really hope you got a lot out of this message.